I know it's really difficult to go from hate to love, especially when we're talking about how we view ourselves. We are, um, we we can be very cruel to ourselves. And I and I think that if we really just even get to somewhere in the middle, like feeling neutral about our current circumstances, or feeling neutral about how we how we feel about our bodies or our financial situation, getting to a place of of neutrality can really give us a better launching ground than than hate for ourselves. Hey, I'm Chelsea. I'm a professional mentor and coach, and I believe that your biggest goals and your wildest dreams can come true through small and simple changes. Follow along and let me show you how you can grow by degree. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Grow by Degree podcast. I am so glad you are here and listening. And uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, that means I am catching you right before we get into a new year which is absolutely appropriate because today I am talking about why New Year's resolutions oftentimes don't work and what we can do instead. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You are approaching a new year and you are thinking about what you want to change in your life. And maybe there are some thoughts in your head that are maybe a little bit shameful of this year and what you were not able to accomplish. Um, Maybe there are thoughts in your head that are like, okay, as soon as I get to the new year, I'm going to, I'm going to just really prioritize this, whatever goal it is. And I'm going to do it. This is the year that I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do it this year. I just know it. And, um, and this isn't the first year that you've had this goal. Um, in fact, you set the same goal last year (laughs) and it's kind of like a repetitive goal in your life over and over and over again. Do you relate to that? Because I certainly do. This is what happens when we do that. We set a big goal and then we, we give it a shot. And then maybe it lasts for a couple of weeks, but then we don't accomplish it. Um, and so when that happens a couple of times, our brain will do this amazing thing where it starts to recognize patterns in our lives. And just like how you don't ever have to remember how to open a door unless it's a, a different door that you've never really used before, but otherwise you just can walk in a door because you have done it a hundred times. Like your brain does not have to remember how to do that. It doesn't need to put energy towards that because it's recognized the pattern and just kind of takes care of it for you. That is a really good, amazing thing that our brain does, but it does not know how to differentiate between things that serve us and things that don't. So when you repeatedly set a goal and you do not make it, your brain is picking up on the pattern and recognizing it and also planning on following the pattern. 
So what this looks like when we set goals that we've set the same goal over and over and over again, we tend to have an additional little voice in our head that is full of doubt. Like, uh, no, you're not going to do that. Like, for example, maybe you have the goal to go to the gym every week, but you've had that goal for, you know, I don't know, maybe a couple months or maybe a couple of years and uh, you've set that goal over and over and over again and you've violated that goal. Um, When you decide, I'm going to go to the gym, your brain is going to offer you another little thought that sometimes we notice and sometimes we don't. That is like this little, little bugger thought that says, no, you won't. No, you won't because you said that last Thursday and we didn't go and you said that the Thursday before and we didn't go. It's this repeated thing, right? And then we hit New Year's resolutions where we're like, okay, I'm actually going to go. And we have this newness of a new year that motivates us and that lasts for a little bit, but it's not strong enough to break the pattern that you've already set in your life. And that pattern is a pattern of doubt and probably guilt and shame. And those can be very powerful emotions as well. So you you don't have a lot going for yourself then when this happens. Now, the pattern can take control over you if we're not paying attention. But when we start paying attention to the patterns of our brain, we can actually kind of start to take control over it. When we start to notice that little voice that says, ah, no, you're not. (laughs) Um, No, you won't make it out of Target without buying something. No, you won't say no to that donut. No, you won't um, go to the gym on Thursday. Or or, uh, no, you won't actually save $100 uh, a paycheck or whatever, right? When your brain tells you that doubt thought, acknowledging it is the first, just most powerful step that you can make. Um, It's the, it's neglecting that thought that tends to make it louder and actually tends to give it all the power. When we acknowledge it, we actually start to take the driver's seat. And you can acknowledge it in so many ways. It might be through journaling. It might be through actually having a conversation with yourself, which is a- absolutely encouraged. It, it might be talking about it with a friend or really just taking notice every single time that little voice happens. And maybe even you have a little mantra that you can tell yourself that will help that little voice subside or at least remove it from being in the driver's seat. For me, when I have that little doubt thought, if I'm aware enough to to notice it and talk to it, I usually try and laugh it out of the room. <laughs> um, if I can catch it ahead of time, I, re- I really do talk to that little thought and I say, that is so fascinating that you think that I won't do it. I wonder why you think that. And I and I also say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it, but thank you. Like, thank the thought for coming and um, and then send it on send it on its merry way. Um, taking control over that thought is going to be a very powerful tool once you start to to recognize that you actually are having that. 
The second important thing that I think happens when we set New Year's resolutions is oftentimes when we want to make these big changes in our lives, there's typically something that's going on that we don't like. Um, Not every time, (laughs) not every resolution is coming from a place of hate, but a lot of them come from a place of hatred or dislike towards our circumstances. And um, that makes total sense. (laughs) We usually like to change things that we don't like. However, when that is driving our decision to change, we tend to stall out pretty quickly. Um, Because hatred, self-hatred, dislike is not a comfortable feeling. And when our goals come from a place of self-hate and uh and or or even just hating your circumstances it's really difficult to make a change from that place we we would then have to feel that discomfort of hate every single time we go to work on that goal and to avoid that we do so many things to avoid negative emotions and that may have gotten you where you are now in the first place is just trying to avoid feeling the negative emotions so When we are approaching a goal with that motivation of hate, we need to take that head on and really focus and work on getting to a place of acceptance and love. Um, I know it's really difficult to go from hate to love, especially when we're talking about how we view ourselves. We are... um, we, We can be very cruel to ourselves. And I... And I think that if we really just even get to somewhere in the middle, like feeling neutral about our current circumstances or feeling neutral about how we how we feel about our bodies or our financial situation getting to a place of of neutrality can really give us a better launching ground than than hate for ourselves i've tried for years to exercise consistently from a place of hate. Hatred towards my body, hatred towards the experience of being uncomfortable while exercising, um, hatred towards myself for constantly messing up and consistently uh, dropping the ball and not doing it. And then hatred towards the shame that I would feel afterwards, like a whole hate cycle. And changing from this place is miserable. I don't enjoy that journey. I do not enjoy changing from a place of hate because even if your body changes, unless you address that hate, it may still be there. And even if your your goal happens, you actually may still be existing in that negative hate space. When I was younger, I really wanted to lose weight and I started running every single day. I would run five to eight miles every day. And I used to actually hate running. And and this helped me really start to love it. And so I started running every single day. And I actually enjoyed it. And I started changing my diet, which I actually really enjoyed that part. However, I, I did lose a lot of weight. But I hated my body still. I hated my circumstance still. Even at the other end of you know, making some significant progress, I didn't allow myself to enjoy myself during that process or even at the other end of it. Coming to that goal from a place of love would have been way more satisfying. It would have been way more satisfying to do it that way. 
And I actually regret that a ton. <laughs> I regret, I regret hating my body all of those years. And uh, whatever it is that you're trying to change, whether it's your body size or your your income or um, or your strength or even your spirituality, like coming coming at it from a place of hate is just gonna make you miserable and it's gonna be very difficult to, to sustain. But but working to come at it from a place of neutrality, acceptance, and love will be much much more sustainable for you to to see success with it. Another thing that we do that does not work is the idea that we are going to go all or nothing. The all or nothing mentality around goals is one of the things that slows us down the most. I could not preach this any louder or clearer. That is why my podcast is called Grow by Degree because I am a firm believer that small little changes actually will change your life. It's the little things that are way more sustainable than the the big huge changes. Now I know some people see change when they make these big huge gestures. I'm not saying that that never works. However, Most of the time, it doesn't work. Most of the time when we do this all or nothing approach with our goals, we end up going back into even maybe a worse state than we were at before we even started that goal. For example, I work at a university um, where where it's very self-paced and students can get their degrees done quicker than at a typical university and a lot of students are very excited about the idea of getting courses done quickly and I cannot even count how many students came in to um, to work with me and did course after course after course so quickly um, so so quickly and got through like most of their degrees in like record time And then they hit that one course where they're not getting through it that quickly, where it's taking them a little bit of time and they like drop off the face of the earth. They do not answer my calls. They do not pick up and do schoolwork um, for a long time. Like they really then go into the nothing mode, right? So they will do all in and then they will do nothing when they hit a barrier. And that's what we do when we do the all or nothing approach. And the craziest thing is we don't have to do it that way. Oftentimes we think that we do, but we don't. And it's little simple things. It's like, I'm going to save half of my paycheck every single year. If that is unrealistic for you, uh, um, oftentimes what we do is then we just go back to not saving anything at all. But what if you just decided to find a number in the middle that was actually a a little more comfortable? Even if it was $10 a paycheck, that's significantly more than zero. And if you do that for long enough, you actually will have a significant amount of money. We think that we need these big, huge gestures in order to, to see major changes in our lives, but we don't. We just need little, tiny shifts. Little, tiny shifts over time will change your life. You oftentimes have to be willing to play the long game. You have to be willing to play the long game in order for this to work. But if you are all in with the long game, by doing 
minor shifts, minor changes, minor adjustments to your current lifestyle and behavior, you will see lasting change that you will feel so good about because you will be able to be consistent with it. This last year, like one year ago, (laughs) about, I started working out 10 minutes a day. That was what I could talk myself into doing. And then I bumped it to 15. And uh, and then I bumped it to, to about 30 every single day instead of just work work days. Um, and I've been really consistent with that. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. And I've noticed a difference in my strength. Like I feel stronger. And normally I would have dropped out. Normally I would have set a goal that would require me to do some crazy exercise plan that... I would dread and get sick of after like two weeks and then just not exercise at all. But by doing something that was manageable for me, that helped me change one degree at a time, I've been able to see some success in my strength and my confidence and my endurance and my belief in myself, like beyond measure, um, just by just by making one small adjustment and allowing myself to grow from there with, with, you know, minor shifts in my comfort level instead of completely shocking my comfort level and then, then dropping it after a couple of weeks. Another little thing that I want to tag on here is when we do make mistakes with the all or nothing mentality, that's when we typically fall into nothing. But let's say you have a big gesture goal that you want to work towards and let's say you make a mistake or let's say you slip up on it. Or it becomes unrealistic. Instead of saying, oh no, I can't do that anymore. Let's think about ways that you can still do it. Be curious about your mistakes. Be curious about the slip ups. Be curious about what's holding you back. And and then revisit. You actually have every right to change your mind. Oftentimes when we set goals, we're making our best guess. Like we're just pulling numbers out of the air we're pulling ideas just we're creating them from thin air (laughs) or from a tiktok that we watched from someone else creating it out of thin air we can't predict the future we're just making guesses on what what we can accomplish and it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to make mistakes and to slip up if we make a mistake and slip up on our goals that will be so tempting to just drop it all together. You have to decide now, (laughs) right now, that you are going to work through a mistake and you are going to be willing to readjust. You're going to be willing to readjust to what's, what's, and intentionally readjust to what's going to benefit you and what is, what feels like a good next step for you instead of that, again, all in or nothing at all mentality. I think it's important to note when we do decide intentionally to change a little bit at a time and to play the long game, to decide new ways to measure our success. If we measure our success based off of results and we're making small steps gradually towards our results, those results are going to take a minute to be there. And When we start to feel impatient with our results, that's oftentimes when we drop the game altogether. So we want want to look at results as data. We want to look at it as information to help us tweak our patterns a little bit. But we don't need to rely on our results to determine whether or not we're going to be successful. If you want to feel successful with your goal, 
measure your success in a different way. Measure your success on your ability to be consistent. Measure your success on uh, on your ability to talk nice to yourself and, and work through some of these things. Decide a different way to measure your success because all that we're looking for here is a little dopamine hit, right? We feel motivated when we hit when we get that dopamine hit. And we can get that dopamine hit by just crossing something off of our list, right? <laughs> like we can feel good about what we've done without seeing any results yet, actually. Um, we just have to kind of look at it a little differently. Another reason why New Year's resolutions tend to flop is that people are miserable doing them. <laughs> people are miserable doing them, whether it's um, the emotional load of change or big, huge gestures that are unsustainable um, or completely realigning ourselves to something that doesn't even feel like ourselves. When we're doing things like this, we tend to actually not enjoy it. Now, I know goals are uncomfortable. They're supposed to sh- to stretch us. We aren't supposed to be comfortable when we're growing and that's that's okay. We, we, we don't need to be comfortable all the time. I, I understand that. But what we don't need to be is miserable. We don't need to be miserable. We can actually find uh, some happiness along the way. We can find ways to enjoy the journey of growth and, and make it enjoyable, whether it's making it fun or um, like I said, finding ways to feel satisfied throughout throughout our time, or also tweaking our goal to a place that we can enjoy. There are so many ways to get from A to B. There's so many ways to get get to where we want to go. And if we're miserable in the way that we are going, then let's think of a new way that you're not as miserable in <laughs> and, or come up with ways to make it more enjoyable or make it more uh, more exciting or um, more more fun for you. In fact, you could actually just decide that you're not going to do a goal unless it's fun for you. And fun isn't the lack of struggle, but fun fun and struggle can exist together, but fun and misery don't usually exist together, right? We can decide to uh, gamify our our goals. We can decide to uh, to set goals with another person that we can we can work together on, which can be bonding and f- so fulfilling. We can make so many decisions that will make the process more enjoyable for us. So if you are getting <laughs> if you are neck deep into a goal that you are miserable doing, I would invite you to reconsider and reconfigure. Um, and don't abandon your dream <laughs> uh, just because the method by which you chose to to get to your destination isn't working. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get there. It just means maybe you should try a different way. And finally, I want to just touch on the wrong support because that can also deter us from our goals. Sometimes I'm very selective about who I'm going to tell my goals to. Because I have loving, well-meaning people in my life who are really smart (laughs) and really want to tell me what I can or can't do. And I know it's from a place of love. However, they have absolutely no right. No, I can't even tell myself what I can or cannot do. 
I cannot. I, like I said before in my last episode, I don't believe that I have a capacity. There's zero upside for me to think that about myself. So sometimes I love to tell people my goals and sometimes I only tell a select few. I think it's so smart to build a support system, but I, like I said, I think it's so important to be selective on who should be in that support system for that goal and, and how that should be set up. So creating support systems that have the wrong type of support can really deter you from your goal and make that goal feel a lot more heavy, a lot more difficult. A couple of examples I can think of. Maybe you want to start a business and that seems scary for a lot of people in your family. Well, maybe you probably shouldn't talk to them about starting a business, but you could probably join an entrepreneurship group that uh, that meets weekly or bi-weekly to talk about starting a business because those people are going to really support you in your decision to start a business and they're going to uh, be able to give you the advice that you need and uh, and there'll be someone that you can call when you are struggling or wanting to give up. But if Uncle Jim <laughs> is, is uh, actually really kind of anti-entrepreneurship and thinks you should be living your life differently, then maybe you shouldn't be talking to him about your your goal of starting your own business. Another one that I see a lot personally because I work with students is some people will have the goal to start school and, and to attend school and they'll have people in their family who don't value education as much. And so I oftentimes will tell them to find a person that does and don't talk to the people that don't because when you're struggling or when they're struggling with their schoolwork and they go and talk to someone who doesn't value that goal, that person will tell them to quit and, and then they will. <laughs> so building relevant support systems for each goal that you have is a really smart way to stay accountable and continue enjoying your your goals. But like I said, they should be relevant people that that are also in support of you accomplishing that goal. Being selective about those people will will really help you especially when, you know, push comes to shove. And lastly, I just want you to believe in yourself. I want you to believe that you can do it. And and I want you to build a practice in your life where you tell yourself that you can. Every single day, every single minute, every single hour, create a space in your day where you very intentionally give yourself the pep talk that you need. <laughs> because when push comes to shove, when goals get tricky, if doubt is driving the car, that will get you to stop. But... If belief and self-trust and confidence is driving the car, you will get through that resistance stronger, better, and more accomplished on the other end. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful new year and I will catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Grow by Degree podcast. Hit that follow button so you can get all the juicy updates and come find me on Instagram by searching Grow by Degree. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.